0: This is the Apostle James, the disciple of Jesus, James. Ver, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. When you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, this is hard, such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Did you hear that? When you ask, when you pray, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Such people that waver should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. When you come to the Lord in prayer, do so in faith and in faith in God alone, not in anything else. If you are in the middle of a storm tonight, your best friend's dog who makes you really happy is not going to deliver you out of that storm. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. Have faith in him alone, not faith in your best friend's dog who just makes you happy for 30 minutes. Paul makes it very clear that there is, if there is any doubt, or that's not Paul, I'm sorry, James makes it very clear that if there is any doubt or distrust, we should not expect anything from the Lord. That's hard to hear, because all of us at one point have doubted or distrusted the Lord. Like, can we be real? Like, I've been in very difficult seasons of my life where I'm like, God, where are you in this? I do not see you, but James says, have faith that God is there with you. Have faith that he will deliver you from where you're at. Have faith That the power of prayer, when you ask, when you have faith in Jesus, when you have faith in God, he will deliver and he is faithful to do so. Have faith in God and nothing else. God is the only one who can provide for his purpose for your life. Welcome back to the PC Youth Pod. This week's message is on the power we have in prayer. There are many verses this week we'll be looking at, so grab your Bibles, something to write with as we hear from Pastor Spencer. Times are tough. I'm excited to talk about God's Word. I'm excited to read God's Word with you. Um, But it's clear. It's clear even this week that that times are tough in culture today. We live in a very, very interesting um, time period of life. I'm going to put my phone right here. Don't no one text me, all right? I get that happens a lot, like you guys text me in the middle of a message. Um, We live in a very interesting season of life. We live in a very interesting time in history like, let's look at what happened this week. It happened so much that, like, people honestly feel like tragedy like that is normal at this point. And I'm here to tell you it's not. Tragedy and despair and all these things, questions and confusion is not God's plan for us. He had something better in store for you. There's a lot of wandering people amongst us. There's a lot of wandering people here that you don't know what your direction is. You don't know what your, who your hope is or where your hope is found. There's a lot of searching. I'm here to tell you tonight that a lack of direction causes harm. And we've seen it all across, maybe even in this youth ministry, in your own life, in, in the country, in the world. A lack of direction because we've walked away from Jesus and we have no direction. There's harm. Someone's airdropping me something. Are we serious? Are we actually serious? That was my fault. I should not have brought that up. We walked away from Jesus. And because of that, we see harm all around. We see harm all around. I believe that the power of prayer has the ability to bring healing to any situation or circumstance that we find ourselves in. So tonight, I want to preach a message about the power of prayer. Come on, the power of prayer. What does prayer look like in your life? As I was preparing for this evening, as I was preparing this message, um, I was wondering what you, a student, can we turn the lights on? I'm sorry, it's so dark. The far right lights, it got really dark all of a sudden. Sorry, Corey. That's my wife. Everybody say, hi, Corey. Far right section. All of them, yep, nice. Let there be light. And there was good. Thank you. Give it up for Corey. Like I was saying, well, how did it get so dark? I'm just curious. The slide switch. That's why. Okay. Got it. As I was preparing for tonight, I was wondering what does prayer look like for you as a student, for you as a PC student? What does prayer look like? What does what do you think of when you hear the word pray or when you hear the word prayer? And I was wondering, is prayer something that you were instructed to do before dinner every night or maybe you've just been a part of a sports team where you prayed before each game. Maybe you go to chapel every day at school and they pray, but it's never actually been personal for you. Maybe you can't actually even think of a time when you've been exposed to real, authentic prayer. So I've been, I've been wrestling with that idea. I wonder what prayer looks like. Pr- prayer for me is a daily thing. I'm in constant prayer with my Heavenly Father every single day, but I wonder what it looks like for you as a student. And then I was thinking, what does it look like for an average teenager? For the average 6th to 12th grader in a school, is, a, is prayer a common thing? Do you walk the halls at your school and, and see people before the Lord praying? I'm assuming no, but I, I don't want to assume. Another airdrop. Are we really going to do this? It is un- I'm turning my airdrop off. Sam, come on. Let's go. Sam, Receiving God. off. Is prayer... Come on, this is unreal, unreal. Is prayer a common thing at your school? Maybe, maybe prayer is unfamiliar to you, or may, prayer is unfamiliar to the average teenager. You don't know what prayer actually is. Maybe prayer is uncomfortable for the average teenager. Maybe you were to, to be bold at your school and pray for, for somebody at your school, and that made them uncomfortable. Maybe it's an uncomfortable thing. What it, Maybe prayer was forced for, it, for you as a teenager growing up. Maybe prayer is not even evident in your school. Is prayer something that you do in your alone time? I I was thinking about all these questions. What does prayer look like for us? Prayer might be a point of confusion. It might be a point of insecurity. Maybe prayer is something you do all the time, daily. But I think wherever we exist today on all aspects of this topic, there's a lot that the word of God can speak to us and teach us. You might have questions like, I've never done it before. How do I even pray? What does having a strong prayer life look like? Who am I praying to? How often do I know that God actually hears me? How often should I pray? All these things. But I believe tonight, no matter where you're at on this topic, we're going to experience the power of prayer in a new way together. All throughout the Bible, we see how important prayer is. From the Old Testament prophets all the way to the words of Jesus and all the way in between, it is clear that the power of prayer is a very real thing. So tonight, we're going to unpack a lot of Scripture together. I hope you have your Bibles with you. Who has their Bible, actually? Actually, before I ask you that question, I'm going to invite... Miss Haley Gilchrist to join me up here. She has a treat. Where's Haley at? Give it up for Haley. Okay. Often, this is a little bit different, but raise your hand if you have your Bible again. Hold your Bible in the air, actually. Can't be your phone, cannot be your phone. It counts, but not for this exercise. Okay, Haley, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Emily, will you tell everyone your name and what your favorite Bible verse is? You just said my name. Say it again. Emily. Um, 1 Corinthians 13 13. Come on, pick a favorite candy. All right, who had a Bible? Emma. Emma, what's your name? Emma. What's your favorite Bible verse? I'm gonna go basic, John three sixteen. Come on, John three sixteen. Pick your favorite candy. Who else had their Bible? And you can, even if you're afraid to talk, see like Isabel's like, I don't want to talk. I don't have my Bible. Okay, Hannah, what's your name and what's your favorite Bible verse? Hannah and my favorite Bible verse is Matthew 24 13 come on what's your favorite candy pick your favorite candy Kalia what's your name and what's your favorite Bible verse my name's Kalia and my favorite Bible verse is Psalms 23 nice Isabel what's your name and what's your favorite Bible verse can you give it up for all these people that have their Bible with them um, my name's Isabel and my favorite Bible verse is Philippians 3:14. nice we're gonna be in Philippians tonight who else has their Bible okay there's so many of you with your Bible Everyone else has your Bible. Just raise your hand, and Haley's going to come to you and give you your favorite piece of candy. Does that work? Does that work? Okay. Thank you for bringing your Bibles. I think, oh, who has their journal? That's another question. Who has their journal? Hannah has her journal. That's a notes on your phone. Thank you for bringing your Bibles and your journals. We're going to dive in tonight. Thank you, Haley, for your help. Thank you for getting the candy. You guys are amazing. Are you ready to flip around with me tonight if you have your Bible? If you have your phone, it's going to be easier because you can just tap three buttons and switch. But we're going to flip around a lot tonight. I'm going to let everybody get their candy. What candy did you pick, Hannah? Is there Sour Patch in there? Haley, can I have a Sour Patch for later? Just save it for me. I like Sour Patch a lot. They are S-tier, Alex. Sour Patch are S-tier. All right, Jeremiah Jeremiah 29. If you have your Bible or your phone, go to Jeremiah 29. That's where we're going to start tonight. The prophet Jeremiah in the Old Testament in this passage is prophesying what the Lord is saying to the people that were exiled to the city of Babylon. So just a little bit of context. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 is specifically where we're going to start. But these words of the Lord that, that were encouragement to the people that were exiled are still very, very true for us today. And I want to read them to you. Are you there? Jeremiah 29 Verse 11, it says this For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look to me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I'm going to read that again. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So, Obviously, like I said, he's talking, the Lord is speaking to those exiled to Babylon, and I'm assuming if I was someone exiled to Babylon, which is a horrible city, I'm assuming that the immediate thought process would be like, oh my goodness, this is going to be a disaster. Lord, where are you sending me? This is, I'm going to die. But immediately, the Lord says, I have plans for you, not plans for disaster, but for good, for hope and a future. They assumed they were destined for disaster, but God immediately reassured them that he is their protector and he is guiding them. So tonight, you may feel like you are headed into a disaster area with no hope, but God's promise is still the same today. His plans are for a future and a hope, not for disaster. God has created each one of us with a plan, a unique divine path for our life. He reminds us through the prophet Jeremiah that when we seek him in prayer, we will find him. That means whatever, wherever we are at, even if, even if it's in the middle of a storm, if you call on the name of the Lord, he will meet you where you are. If you find yourself in a storm... This evening. I believe this is a word for you. If you find yourself in the middle of a storm, God has not abandoned you. This is a word for somebody tonight. It may feel like nobody is close if you're in a desperate situation, but I promise God is much closer than you, than you realize or you think. Prayer has the power to deliver you from that storm. That's a word. Flip to the New Testament, specifically the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 4. So you got to go forward to the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4 says, don't worry, verse 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. By saying, when, when Paul tells us this, when Paul tells the church in Philippi this and now us, He says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. By saying that, Paul Paul is telling us that that prayer solves worry. He tells that church in Philippi years and years ago and now us that by saying, don't worry about anything, instead pray about everything, he's saying that prayer solves worry. When anxiety levels are high, pray more. When you are worrying, Paul tells us to pray. Don't worry about anything, Paul says. He says, pray about everything. Why worry when we have the ability to pray and to seek God? Thank God for all that he has done in your life. When you pray about everything, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds our own understanding. I love that part. Then you will, once you pray about everything and thank him for all that He's done, you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ Jesus. Do you want to experience peace beyond your own human understanding? I can actually imagine that. Like I'm, I'm assuming in this room tonight that a lot of you are seeking and desiring peace in your life. Imagine if you had peace beyond what you could actually understand. Paul says that's available to you through the power of prayer. Pray always. Always be in prayer. If that's something you desire, that's something I desire. And that's why I strive to always be in prayer, always to be in conversation with my Heavenly Father. So I challenge you in that tonight. If you seek peace, if you are longing for peace in your life, be in prayer. Romans 8 says this, Romans eight twenty six through 27. Keep flipping with me. You guys are gonna get a high reward in heaven for having your Bibles, I'm telling you. Romans eight twenty six through 27 says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. For example, when we don't know what to pray, when we don't know what God wants us to pray for, the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that can't be expressed in words. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. When we know, and we know that God causes everything to work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. The Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness. I'm here to tell you, I might be raining on your parade tonight, but I'm here to tell you that all of us are weak. Without Jesus, every single one of us in here are a weak human. I'm not talking about physical strength. I'm talking about the ability to exist and to live in a world that's actually against you. Without Jesus, you are weak. I am weak. Aren't you thankful, though, in your weakness, in my weakness, aren't we thankful that you and I have the Holy Spirit on our side to vouch for you? Yes. To advocate for you when you are weak. You have the Holy Spirit to to speak on your behalf when you don't even know what your heart is longing for. You have the Holy Spirit on your behalf to vouch for you, to advocate for you, because, because the Trinity, it's a big theological question. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, three in one. The Holy Spirit knows the will of God for your life, and he will vouch for you on your behalf to God because God knows the will of your heart and his heart for you. So aren't you thankful that when you don't know what your soul is actually longing for, God, the Holy Spirit, will vouch for you and advocate for you on your behalf? Aren't you thankful? Because we are weak. You can't do it by yourself. I could not live a day on this earth successfully. I can't do it successfully. I'm human. But I couldn't live a day on this earth at least pointed towards Jesus without the Holy Spirit. It's impossible. The Holy Spirit will guide you. He will protect you. He will show you the path towards righteousness, and he will help you pursue the call of God on your life. God knows your heart. He wants his will to be done in your life. Seek him in prayer. Even when you don't know what to pray for, allow the Holy Spirit to advocate for you. Because even, like I said, when you don't know what your soul is longing for, God knows. First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen. I love this verse, Fia. This is Paul talking to the church in Thessalonica. Say that. Thessalonica. What a city. What a church name. Thessalonica. First Thessalonians five, sixteen through eighteen. Always be joyful. Hear that. Always be joyful, it says. So if you're here tonight and you don't have joy, you're not obeying what Paul said. Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Now, I want you to notice something with me tonight. Notice how Paul made the correlation between joy and prayer. Did you catch that? At the first part of verse 16, always be joyful. Never stop praying. He made a very intentional correlation between joy and prayer. He instructed us to always be joyful. How do you do that? Never stop praying. How do you be joyful? Always be praying. Never stop praying. How often should I pray, you might ask? Always. If you want complete joy, if you always want to be joyful, prayer is required, Paul tells us. It is God's will for us to have constant joy because we are in constant prayer. Did you hear that? If God's will for your life is to always be joyful, then you must constantly be in prayer, seeking seeking him, seeking his face, seeking relationship with him. There's power to those words. Always be joyful. A lot of you probably walked in here without much joy in your life. And I know that because I know what, what it's like to live as a teenager in 2022. A lot of you probably didn't walk in here with much joy. If you're longing for joy tonight, spend time in prayer. There's true power to prayer. And God will depart, or not, de- depart, not depart, that's a way. In part, he will impart joy into your life. Always be in prayer. Seek his face. James 1. This is the Apostle James, the disciple of Jesus, James. Ver, uh, chapter 1, verse 6 through 7. When you ask, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people, this is hard. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Did you hear that? When you ask, when you pray, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver. Such people that waver should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. When you come to the Lord in prayer, do so in faith and in faith in God alone. Not in anything else. If you are in the middle of a storm tonight, your best friend dog who makes you really happy is not going to deliver you out of that storm it's Jesus and Jesus alone have faith in him alone not faith in your best friend's dog who just makes you happy for 30 minutes Paul makes it very clear that there is if there is any doubt or that's not Paul I'm sorry James makes it very clear that if there is any doubt or distrust we should not expect anything from the Lord that's hard to hear because all of us at one point have doubted or distrusted the Lord like can we be real Like, I've been in very difficult seasons of my life where I'm like, God, where are you in this? I do not see you. But James says, have faith that God is there with you. Have faith that he will deliver you from where you're at. Have faith that the power of prayer, when you ask, when you have faith in Jesus, when you have faith in God, he will deliver and he is faithful to do so. Have faith in God and nothing else. God is the only one who can provide for his purpose for your life. So it's clear, we read a lot of, Scripture just there. We hopped around. Thank you for following. But it's clear prayer is important. I could almost, I could even go as far as saying prayer is essential. We exist in a world that is seeking for answers and hope, it's longing for hope. We're, we're, we live in a world that is, doesn't know what it actually wants. Yet some of us don't even realize the power that exists in prayer. So if you walk in here seeking answers, you walk in here seeking hope, remember that the power of prayer is a very real thing. And through the power of prayer, through prayer, through praying, you have direct access to relationship with Jesus. Did you know that? If you walk in here with, answer, with seeking answers and hope, your hope is Jesus. Your answer for your situation is Jesus. Don't forget about the, the, the prayer that needs to happen in between that, between you and Jesus, between you and your answer. There has to be communication. There has to be prayer. And there's power in that. A life full of prayer is essential for a healthy life with Jesus. If you say, Yeah, I'm a Jesus follower, I love him, he saved me, but you're in here in in a prayer, a prayer life, a life devoted to being in prayer every single day. If that does not exist and you call yourself a follower of Jesus, your relationship with him is not as full as it could be otherwise. I say this a lot, but it's like you having a best friend and you're saying, Yeah, that's my best friend. I love that person, they're always there for me, but I never talk to him. That's not a relationship. That's just someone you wish you that was your best friend. Jesus is always speaking to us. Jesus is always there in your situation. The question is, are we going to show up and be there with him? And not only that, but speak to him and be in communication with him and be in prayer with him. Seek his face always. The pushback would be, well, people, Spencer, people around me make it really hard to set an atmosphere of prayer. It's really hard because people around me are just always so down, and it's hard to set an atmosphere of prayer in my life, especially in my daily life, even at school, all these things. Or Spencer, it's not easy to pray when there's so much darkness around me. Spencer, praying at my school is not popular. Like, I get it. It's important, but like, in my setting, it just doesn't work. Like, I've, I, I can get this far without it. Like, I've known Jesus for six years, and I haven't prayed that much, and I'm good. That, that would be the pushback. That might be in your head right now. You might be thinking, Spencer, I've I've done this. Like God sent me through here. Like He's brought me through actually some hard situations, some hard circumstances. But I didn't have to pray that much. So like, why are you trying to tell me that I need to pray more? Well, let me tell you this: Your personal prayer life is not dependent on the people around you. Your prayer life is dependent on you taking time daily to be in constant conversation with your Savior. Some of you may have grown up in a setting where prayer was just was just a, a ritual that you did before dinner. Or it was ingrained in you that you had to pray before you went to bed, but it was never actually personal. The prayers that you, that you spoke, the prayers that you sent up into heaven weren't actually personal. It was just something that your parents made you do. I'm telling you tonight that you must come to the point where you realize that your personal prayer time with Jesus is up to you, nobody else. Nobody can force you to truly make time out of your day to spend intentional time with Jesus. Like, yes, when you're five, your mom can say, Spencer, you better pray before you eat your dinner. Like, yes, like my mom has control over me at that point. But now you are a sixth through twelfth grader, and it is up to you to make the decision if you are going to intentionally spend time with Jesus every day. It is up to you, nobody else. I'm sorry to say it, but some of you are living still as if your relationship with Jesus is not your own, it's your parents'. Or your, or your friends at school. Your relationship with Jesus is yours and yours alone. He wants to have a relationship with you. Yes, your family and your parents, but you specifically. So it is up to you to be in prayer every single day. And I promise the moment you realize the power that comes along with prayer, you, you will never wanna stop. You'll never wanna stop praying. Some of you walk in here with, the, with situations that I could never imagine. And you might say, Spencer, I've tried everything. I've tried pills. I've tried this medication. I've tried going to this counselor. I've tried talking to this person. Spencer, I've tried this. None of it works. And I would say back to you, have you tried praying? And if you said yes, I'd say, how much? There comes a moment when you have to get down on your hands and knees before the Lord and say, God, just like we did earlier, say, God, this world has messed up. My life is messed up, and I need you now more than I ever have. And that's only done through prayer. You have to be desperate before the Lord. Because I, 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 could, come, I could say to you, yeah, I understand that, like, that situation is really hard, but I'm not your hope. I'm not your hope for the future. Yes, I'll be able to help counsel you and, and get you to where you need to go with Jesus, but you need to come before Him and say, God, I can't do it by myself. Nobody else can help me. It's only you. I need you. Prayer needs to be meaningful to you personally. And I challenge you tonight, this is my challenge. From this moment on, spend daily time, reserving time for prayer. Put it into your schedule. I didn't start calendaring my days out until a lot later than I wish I would've, but if you specifically, if even that's the only thing you put into your calendar throughout a day, prayer time with Jesus, be intentional about it. And you might say, okay, Spencer, I already do that. And I would say, do it twice then. Put 30 minutes twice in your calendar. Well, I do that already too. Do it all day. Spend time in prayer all day. It doesn't always have to be out loud. It can be in your head. It can be in your personal alone time. I, it doesn't have to be f- perfect, but constantly ask and speak and say, God, today, what, what would your will be for me in this situation? God, how should I respond to that person that has really frustrated me? God, I need, I need your voice. I need your love. God, how, teach me to love that person better. It could be throughout your daily life. Be in prayer with him. God, what is your desire? What is your heart's desire for me in this big decision I have to make? This is a life altering decision. I don't, I, I don't wanna make it alone. God, I need you to help me make this decision. Be in prayer constantly, every single day, every moment, every second, and I challenge you. Watch how God will start to move in your life. Prayer is powerful. It's not just a family dinner ritual. It's a real conversation between you and your heavenly Father. Prayer allows you and us to live according to the plan that God has. Prayer has the power to heal your mind, your soul, your physical body. Prayer has the power to set captives free. Prayer has the power to bring prodigals home. Prayer has the power to win your lost friends for Jesus. You might say, Spencer, you've really challenged me to witness and, and be a light in my school. And, and I've tried to reach this person so many times, but I just don't see, any, I don't see any change in their life. I don't see God reaching them. And I would say, Spencer, or I wouldn't say, I mean, I guess you could talk to myself, but I would say, have you, have you prayed for that person? How often do you pray for that person? Because yes, you can be an influence in your life, but there also has to be prayer. And you have to intercede for that person because they don't know what their heart is longing for. They don't know that they need Jesus, but you know that. So pray, God, make make yourself known to that person. Pray, pray, say, Jesus, make yourself known to that, that person in my school that I've had a heart for for years and years and years, and I don't see any headway. Jesus, make yourself known to them in a real way. Pray for that person. Why would we not spend every second of every single day in prayer when there is so much power? associated with it from God. Once you realize how crucial a life full of prayer is, you'll never want to stop praying. You'll never want to change that way of life. Once you start calendaring alone time with Jesus into your phone, into your paper calendar, you'll never want to stop doing it. Once you realize how crucial and essential it is for a healthy relationship with Jesus, you'll always want to be praying. Let's conclude tonight by looking at the words of Jesus. We looked at a lot of scripture from a lot of different areas, but I want you to turn with me to Matthew 21. Matthew 21, verse 21 through 22. This is the, uh, the miracle of Jesus cursing the fig tree, and so he's walking with his disciples, and, and he's hungry, and, and he looks at a fig tree and it's bearing no fruit. And Jesus says, "May you never bear to the tree." He says, "May you never bear fruit again." And immediately the fig tree withered up. The disciples were amazed, amazed at this, and they said, "How did the fig tree wither so quickly?" And Jesus, not making it about the fig tree, he said, I tell you the truth, if you have the faith and do not doubt, you can do things like this and much more. You can even say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea, and it will happen. You can pray for anything, and if you have faith, you will receive it. How many of you in this room have enough enough faith in your heavenly Father, in Jesus, who literally said that, to say, that mountain, God, I need it moved, How many of you have faith? That storm that you are in, Jesus, I need you to to deliver me out of this storm. Jesus said, if you have faith, you will receive it. How many of you have enough, enough faith? I'm getting tongue twisted. I'm sorry. How many of you have enough faith to ask Jesus to deliver you from where you're at and believe that he truly can? Jesus spoke to us in a very real way. He told us that the power of prayer is real. Have faith that prayer and the power of Jesus can completely bring restoration to any situation that you might be facing. This tonight this message is not, not me and inf- not me trying to inform you about how spiritual and important prayer is. It's a reminder that if you want deliverance and restoration and healing and hope, prayer is essential. There's not other options. Prayer, time with Jesus is essential. You can't, you can't find it anywhere else. So I want you to stand with me tonight. Worship team, will you join me? I've said it over and over a few times, but I believe that tonight there's some very real, very ugly, very sick situations that that have come in here tonight. That you've carried some struggle, that you've carried some sin, that you've carried some addiction, that you've carried a storm into this place with you. And maybe you haven't even realized it, but you are seeking hope Maybe the storm that you are, that you are in, you've been in, you've been in it for so long that it's normal now. I'm here to tell you that it's not normal. God wants to deliver you from where you're at. God wants you to see hope. God wants you to experience restoration. And I promise the only way to get there is, is prayer. So someone in this room tonight has heard this message, and they, and they want to take advantage of prayer. They want to take advantage of, of relationship um, with Jesus, but they, they, they know that prayer is important, but they actually haven't said yes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior tonight, or yet. Tonight is a night of life change for you. Someone in here is, is confused about everything that's happening in this world. Spencer, you, we talked about it earlier, but how, how can this Texas situation happen, and how can God still be good, and you're confused. I challenge you to seek prayer. I challenge you to seek time with the Lord. You're confused about about. The the country that we live in, the, the circumstances that we face, spend time in prayer. Some of you may be in a storm and you and you need to spend time in prayer, like I said. And others, maybe prayer for you is is a real discipline that you make. I don't want to discount that. I know there's a lot of you in the room that prayer is something that you practice every single day. Alone time with Jesus is something that you practice every single day. And yes, you're challenged by this and you're reminded by this but you're saying, Spencer, I, I, I like my prayer life. I, I spend good time with Jesus. He speaks to me, I'm in relationship with him. I'm in conversation with him. To that person in this room, and I know it's a lot of you, I'd still challenge you, spend time in prayer. And we're gonna do that right now. This is gonna be a little bit different. Alona, I'm gonna put you on the spot. Maybe, maybe you can play keys and sing softly. But a lot of, I think everybody in here fits into one of these one of these areas. You're struggling with what's going on in this world. You're in the middle of a storm. Or you want greater, maybe you're in here tonight and you want you want God to continue to develop your prayer life. I believe in that strongly. I don't believe that we should ever be settled with where we're at. You want God to continue developing where you're at, continue giving, giving you opportunity to be in prayer. There is prayer warriors that exist in our church. And you don't even realize it, but they are praying for you every single day, interceding for you. I come across people all the the time on Sunday morning that say, Spencer, I pray for you and your students every single day. Do you understand the power that is behind that? So maybe you want Jesus to, to help you develop your prayer life even further. Don't ever be content. I'm not, I wanna be in prayer with Jesus daily, constantly, every single minute of every single day. So we're gonna do something special. There's a room full of about 100 and something students right now. And I believe there is a lot of power. If we could just turn off our phones, if we could silence out all the noise, if we could stop worrying about what's going on around us, if we could all just stop and make intentional time to be in prayer, I think there would be chains that fall off. I think that there would be breakthrough in circumstances. I think there would be addictions that fall. And if you, any of you are like, Spencer, I don't really know what to pray. I don't know what to pray yet. I'd encourage you, pray for the person next to you. Intercede on their behalf. So we're going to do that. I'm going to encourage you right now. I don't care if you're uncomfortable. I don't care about the person around you. God didn't call us to comfort. He called us to be world changers. So even if it's uncomfortable for you, I'm going to encourage you to step out, find a place to be alone with Jesus. Maybe that's coming up front. Maybe that's going out to the side. Maybe that's finding a leader. Maybe that's huddling up with some of your your friends and spending intentional time together. In prayer, seeking Jesus' face. Because it's clear, the scriptures tell us that prayer is essential for a healthy life. And for the one tonight that, that has heard this message and they understand that prayer is important, but they, but they know they haven't said yes to a relationship with Jesus, I am glad you are here. We are glad you are here. Tonight is a night of life change for you. If you know that you know that you know that you wanna say yes to a relationship with Jesus, I promise you, if you call on the name of Jesus, he will change your life more than, he, more than you could imagine. You will never look back. Your life will never be the same. He is the answer. He is the hope. So if that's you tonight, I'd encourage you to say these words. We're gonna to pray together. Say, dear Jesus... Thank you for loving me enough that even when I deserve death, you gave me life. Say these words with me. If this is you, this is a night of life change for you. Even when I deserve death, you offered me life. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the son of God. And say tonight, I choose to follow you. Say, tonight, I choose to devote my life to you. Thank you for loving me. God, I choose to follow you the rest of my days and never look back. The Bible tells us that when one person calls on the name of the Lord and declares his name and devotes him to being the Savior of their life, all of heaven rejoices so tonight we're going to spend time in prayer, but before we do, I just want to rejoice together because someone tonight made a decision for Jesus for the very first time, and that deserves a big hand clap of praise. To stay caught up with everything happening, check us out at peopleschurch.com, as well as on Instagram at PC Youth salem.